Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, if you're anything like me, then sometimes you open up your Bible hoping to hear answers to all the questions just swirling around your brain. Maybe you have questions about your weekly tasks or how to figure out your calendar. And you know, God definitely wants to speak to us concerning questions like these, but what if God is wanting to speak to even the deeper questions within our hearts? Well, today, Pastor Nate's going to take a look at the book of 1 Samuel to see how God is on mission to answer those deep questions that reside in all of our hearts. As you get into the Word and as the Spirit is doing His work in your life, you begin to discover, rather than going to the Word for you know answers to the smaller questions in life, you begin to discover, wow, this is what God is has made me for this is where this is where he's trying to use my life for me i have a person in my life who i look to when i'm like looking for answers for like big questions you know and like when i'm getting caught up in the weeds of life you know what i'm saying i feel like you're one of those guys for me um but for you who who Who's that person for you? Like, who's the person that you look to, like, for help about, like, the kind of the bigger questions of life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a few. I mean, uh, Pastor Jeff, who you know here, one of our longtime pastors in the church. He's a guy that I turn to. And then I have a handful of pastors uh, that are older than me mm. that uh, I'll leave them unnamed, but I got them <laughs> on speed dial. Oh, heck, I'll just yeah. call them up and... You know, they're just usually so great at giving me, especially at those times where it's like a crossroads thing or a big mm. decision, just uh, some good life coaching and advice yeah. for sure. Yeah, a good life coach. I love that. I ask only because this article that you wrote, More Than Donkeys, is just, I just love the title. I had to choose this one because <laughs> of the title. It's so good. But it just like a cool article. I mean, you talk about this interaction between Solomon and Saul and how Solomon really helped Saul um, kind of understand what God was trying to answer in his life, which is really cool. Can you kind of fill us in on this story before we get into the questions? Yeah, so Saul was the first king in Israel, and God obliged the people with that desire. Mm-hmm. It seems that he had prepared for the reality of a monarchy in Israel, although it should have looked different from mm-hmm other kingdoms in that even in the law there were directions that were given to kings in israel even before they had kings so it seems like god was prepared for that moment when the people of israel would ask for a king like all the nations around them their motivation for wanting a king wasn't all that pure but god wanted to give that to them they had in a sense rejected him and so he was going to give them a fleshly earthly leader for the for um to to follow so Samuel, who was the prophet in Israel at that time and kind of the the judge, the one who would speak to the people, the mind and heart of God, he objected at first, but God assured him, no, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. You're going to give them a king. So David became really the first successful king in Israel, but he was actually the second and Saul was the first. Now, Saul, there are indications from different things God announced to him, could have had a reign that was like David's that was lasting. 
but his pride, mm-hmm. his self-will, his petulance kept him from what God had for his life. But at the point of the story that I based this little article on, all of that is in the future. And Saul is just a young man yeah. who is unaware of the potential in his life, unaware of God's call and hand upon his life. And he's serving his dad. Hmm. And what happened in Kish's household is that they lost some donkeys. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not a donkey guy. I don't, yeah, I don't I've never, never either. had one, but I've lost things before. So <laughs> no, I'm not going to judge, but they lost some donkeys. And so he's out with one of his servants and they're looking for the donkeys. And it was through that turn of events that eventually their path crossed Samuel's, the Mm. prophet. And Samuel knew, you know, that this was God coordinating events so that Samuel could, on behalf of God, anoint Saul as the future king Mm. in Israel. So he goes to, to, uh, to Saul, you know, who, who approaches him and says, Hey, you know, I, I have a big question for you. You know, like, yeah. you're the prophet and we're out here. Like we're looking for my dad's lost donkeys, you know, like, do you think you could tell me where they are? You know, it's kind of the attitude. <laughs> so Samuel says to him, um, as you know, I'm the prophet, I'm the seer. Get ready. We're going to go to the high place. We're going to offer a sacrifice. We're going to eat a meal together. Mm-hmm. There's something really big that I need to tell you about <laughs> is kind of the idea. And then he says, as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not set your mind on them for they have been found. It's kind of his so way of good. saying like, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great question, you know, but, but, but not really, <laughs> it's not really the concern. The donkeys are good. There's something bigger that mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about. And I just, I, I like that story because, um, you know, it's, it's humorous to me in a lot of ways, but the thing that stands out to me is I just so often, I feel like Saul oh, in that yeah, story, you know, where I'm coming to the word with different things that I think I want to know about. Totally. Yeah. You know, different things that I think I need insight about that are just all important, you know, and I guess we need to imagine what some of those things are. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about something as, as dumb as like, Oh man, I'm going to the word. Cause I, I need to figure out what cable package to get. So I'm going to go to the word and, you know, find out, you know, or something like that. I mean, I'm sure there's a biblical case for, you know, something. I mean, obviously pure things, you know, being a good steward, you know, stuff like that. But I guess I'm talking about like just so many of the things that we're worried about, Mm -hmm. so many of the things that we're concerned about and, we want that direct word about that specific maybe relationship or decision and we can fixate upon it when so often as we open up the word, the Lord, you know, it, it's, it's very, it seems very similar to the way that Samuel responded. Like, Hey, you know, yeah, I, I get it. You're having that little conflict at work. Like, 
don't worry. Like those donkeys are taken care of. There's something bigger I'm trying to show you. I want to show you who you are. I want to show you your purpose in life. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, I want to answer some bigger questions for you, you know? So that that was just kind of my reflection on that little (laughs) section or that little story that often we approach scripture the same way. We think there's an all important truth or insight that we need to hear from God about, but he, he actually knows what the deeper issues are, the deeper questions. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I love that. And thank you for bringing a little bit of correction, too. I think I said Solomon earlier, but it's Samuel. Oh, did you? I didn't catch I think, it. I think I did. Common mistake. Samuel. <laughs> but man, it, that is just so true. We we approach Scripture so often wanting to hear something very specific, but God is trying to answer some bigger questions for us. And in the article, you talk about those three that you just mentioned. Who am I? Where are my people? And what am I for? I think these are just ones that questions that kind of are in the hearts of every single human being on the planet earth let's start with this first one who am i i know that um there's certain things that god wants to reveal to each person but nate can you kind of talk to us about what is what is god trying to tell us um, generally about our identity Mm -hmm. well i mean it starts with creation yeah so it starts with the this message in this book that we are a people created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. So he made us with a capacity to reflect who he is, to be in some way like him, and therefore to be able to relate to Mm -hmm. him. Um, But then the Bible goes on to teach that also what we are, are fallen. So though we were made in that way and in his image, we lost that connection to God through sin that has been committed, was committed, and so a separation has occurred. Sometimes we feel that separation because of things Mm -hmm. people have done to us. Sometimes we feel that separation because of things that we have done. But we have been separated because of unholiness or sin. But the Bible goes on to say that I am also loved by God in that he didn't like that that separation occurred Mm -hmm. and that it occurred because of sin. So he sought a way to bridge that gap and to delete that shame or sin Mm -hmm. or reproach. And he deleted that through the blood of his own son through Jesus Christ. So once I believe that that's what he did, that Jesus substituted himself for me so that I could come back to God in a sense. Once I believe that, then I understand, okay, I am loved, I am clean, hmm. I am forgiven, uh, I'm not. So so all of those things, and, and, then, and then that now that I have all that, I should go on to say this, that there is a purpose for me. Right. You know, that I've been recreated, so to speak, as in a, in a new creation in Christ for as God's workmanship for the good works that he wants and has foreordained for me mm-hmm. to walk in. So this says a lot about 
who I am. First of all, it says I'm not an accident, Mm -hmm. you know, which I think so many philosophies that people are building their lives on are built on the idea uh, that humanity is just a big accident, some big explosion or something like that, that just accidentally uh, created all of us over long periods of time. And when you build your life on that kind of idea that you're just an accident, you are definitely going to manifest that in different ways. You know, what's the point of life? What's the point of my decisions? What's the point of what I'm doing? You know, that you, you will set for yourself as the goal of all of life is just to uh, have whatever it is that you think brings you uh, mm-hmm. success or joy or you might even fall back on like, well, you know, this is, I need to do something for the betterment of my species. So I'm going to try to do something that I, that gives me a sense that I'm like contributing to this whole process or something like that. So you might even manifest some things that look kind of good or charitable, yeah. but it's all built on an identity that is contrary to, to mm-hmm. what scripture says. So with scripture, I'm learning, I'm not an accident. I was the intended creation of God. He made me. So this helps us with like, um, environments that we were grew up in, you know, the situation Mm -hmm. that we're in the time in history that we're alive to, to realize I have the color skin that I have Mm -hmm. by God's design. I have the gender that I have by God's Mm -hmm. design. I live in the generation that I'm in by God's design, the country I'm in by God's Mm -hmm. design, the community I'm in by God's design, that God has a purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. a specific purpose for me. So that, that's really helpful. And then, you know, acceptance is obviously something people are thirsting for. So you're learning through that identity of who who the Bible says you are, that you are accepted by God, that he's mm-hmm. chosen you, that he cares about you, that he loves you, that he wants to have something to do with you. So that's good. And then beyond that, on into now he has a plan for my life. Yeah. He has things mm-hmm. he wants to do for me. You know, that helps create this image in our minds that okay there's work to do there's a reason that i exist that and that i live i'm getting ready to uh i i I have a um like a our all our wives call it a book club but (laughs) (laughs) we never call it a book club it's it's just a handful of guys and we you know pick a different book and we read it uh together yeah not not together but we read it independently and then we get together and have like a barbecue or something you know and then talk about the book for a couple hours and then that's it and and whoever's hosting uh, that round picks what the book is you know and so none of the other guys are are pastors and i wanted to when it's my turn the book i picked was um by wayne grudem Mm. called business for the glory of god and and part of the reason i wanted to give that to them is because i've read it before and i've wanted to reread it and part of the reason i wanted to reread it is because of them and because of so many men and women in our church who are people of industry you know they're out there Mm -hmm. doing different things in our community in their workplaces and i thought that wayne grudem built a great theology of how that is part 
of if you see it correctly, that is part of you being his workmanship created for good works that yeah. he has foreordained for you to walk in. Um, and I, because I think so, sometimes we just think of like that career thing as just some kind of extraneous, like excuse for money making and provision. Right. And then, you know, if I run my local Awana group for you know children or i feed the homeless on weekends like that's me actually being his workmanship those are the good works that he foreordained for me to walk in and certainly that could definitely be part of it you know and i i think that it's great for people to serve in their local church to give to their local church and even to parachurch ministries in addition to that i think that it's really good for people Mm. to be part of their church community and to be using their spiritual gifts within their community for sure but i think there's a there's also you know room for us to see ways in which like i've been designed by god for you know a reason so i think the who am i question as you go to god's word he kind of helps you see that afresh and to remember that you know it might just be as simple as like oh wow i'm a contributor to this community i'm building things or i'm providing things i'm hiring people you know and and to realize like you're an instrument of god to do something better for the world that you're living in Mm -hmm. than just be a taker and a consumer so to you know i think that's that's a big question who am i and i I barely wrote about it at all in the article but those are some of the things I think that scripture would remind you of about yourself. Oh yeah. Amen. I was going to say that too. That's a huge question to ask and try to boil it down in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a big thing, but yeah, I think those are, I'd say yes and amen to those things. I think God really is trying to say those things to us as we get into God's word. The second one's another really big question. It's where are my people? And you know, we, we all try to find our people, whether it's online in our hometown, people who relate to a certain kind of music we listen to, um, ethnic groups, gender groups, whatever it might be. We always try to find people who are of like-mindedness and try to join forces with them, it seems like. Right. Um, but, you know, the church is full of all kinds of people. And, uh, Nay, I was just hoping you kind of speak to this for a moment. I mean, nothing against finding people in different groups or anything like that. I'm not trying to say that, but... What is God trying to tell us about our people? Where are they? Who are they? Well, yeah, I mean, we're talking about like Saul going to Samuel with his question and Samuel, the messenger of God, saying, here's the answer to your question, but there's a bigger thing I want to talk to you about. As you read, not just Samuel, but as you go through Scripture, what you will see over and over again is that God has a people. Yeah. And whatever generation or dispensation or era he has done his work in, he has always had his people. Hmm. And now we live in a time where his people universally is called the church. Mm-hmm. And there is something very healthy and important about interacting with that all the time Hmm. in God's word, because it's saying to you over and over again, I have a people, I have a people, I have a people. These people are new creatures in my sight. These people are 
for a specific reason. Yeah. They are the pillar and ground of the truth. They are to dedicate themselves to good works. They are to make disciples. And as you're filling your mind with this message, God has a people, and I'm part of that people. First of all, a very big human need is being answered for you. You know, yeah. where do I belong? Mm-hmm. Um, who, to whom do I belong? Do I have a community? Yeah. Do I have people that I belong to? You are also part of a rewrite of history, which has traditionally been tribal, divided, and you enter into something that is, um, you know, multi generational, racial, and intercontinental. Hmm. Um, and of course, crosses every nation's borders, and you're part of a new humanity. So, seeing that is of great importance for how you build your life and your yeah. relationships and who you're going to spend time with, who you're going to invest in, who you're going to consider, especially if I could say it like this, valuable for your everyday experience mm-hmm. and life. You know, there should be something about meeting with, connecting with another believer that has a special yes thing attached to it. Obviously, we're to love everyone. We're to love mm-hmm. the whole world. But there is a, and especially of the household of faith kind of thing all throughout the New Testament That's where good. we are to really love one another. So, yeah, as you're approaching scripture, you're, you're continually confronted with who your people are, where they are, what they do, what they're about, what this new family of yours is like and all about. Mm, amen. And this last thing, Nate, uh, the question three is, what am I for? And Samuel is obviously going to talk to uh, Saul about this. Um, What is God trying to tell us, though, about our purpose and calling? That's a huge question as well. (laughs) Sure, yeah. I mean, part of this is wrapped up in what happens at regeneration. You know, the Spirit of God actually comes to live within us. Jesus called it being born again, and he also called it being born of the Spirit. Hmm. He used those terms synonymously. And when we're born of the Spirit, what the New Testament teaches is that the the down payment of God comes into our lives. The Spirit becomes uh, comes to reside within us. We are his domain. So now, as we're living throughout this life, there's a couple of ways that the Holy Spirit wants to interact with us. One is Mm. the Holy Spirit wants to bear fruit from our lives. So as I'm feeding the Spirit, as I'm walking in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the other option, which is the lust of the flesh. So it's either flesh or spirit. So I want to walk in the spirit. I want to fulfill the things of the spirit. I want to exhibit the fruit of the spirit, you know, love primarily, and then Mm -hmm. everything that flows out from there. So part of what we are for is conduits of God's spirit as he works in us and, you know, recreates us and Mm -hmm. is doing his 
fruitful work through our lives. But not only does he want to change our character and bring us into deeper Christ-likeness, but the Spirit also, I and many believe, gifts us as his people. And that as we open ourselves up to him and, and ask him to help us to make disciples, to make an impact here on earth, to be useful mm. for God's kingdom, that he will give us spiritual gifts that help us to get that job done. Mm. So that's also part of what, what God is doing. Then there are just burdens that the Lord is going to put in your life. I think it was, um, I think it was Epaphroditus if I remember right, in the book of Colossians, I'm going to try to flip there real quick. Everybody's going to hear my Bible pages <laughs> turn in. But I think it was Epaphras in, when Paul wrote to the Colossians. Let me see it here. Yeah. Colossians 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. What, what Paul's talking about there is that here's this guy, Epaphras, and he had a burden. There was a specific yeah. group of people. He cared about the people in Colossae and Hierapolis, and he specifically wanted to see them excel in Christ. And so I that. find a lot of people ignore the burdens that God is trying mm -hmm. to put in their hearts. They either dismiss it as something that everybody else has when they don't wow, yeah. or through disobedience, you know, they ignore it because it'll be a sacrifice for them to really, mm -hmm. you know, get after it. But as you walk with the spirit and as you're interacting with the word of God, which, you know, it will mess with you and illuminate who you are as you get into the word and as the spirit is doing his work in your life, you begin to discover rather than going to the word for, you know, answers to the smaller questions in life, you begin to discover, wow, this is what God is, has made me. For. Yeah. This is where, this is where he's trying to use hmm. my life. So, and, and I know for me, at least it just, it's always a, uh, I mean, I just, I love my Bible so much and, and I oftentimes, there's so much of it I don't under, understand yet and I still want to grow in and learn. There's so much of it that is, you know, I mean, you could just spend your whole life oh, yeah. devoted to scripture and, and trying to learn it. I believe for all of eternity, we're going to be learning God's word. Hmm. But um, I just so often feel as I'm reading God's word, as I'm studying it, as I'm reading different lines, so many things stand out to me that are confirmations or affirmations of what God has made me for. And as I read them, I resonate with them. I see them. Oh yeah, that. And it just continually repoints me in that right yeah. direction. Same. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess this article is about you know, kind of like how to read the Bible or some of the mm. things that God wants to say to you as you're reading the Bible. But it's more than just when you're reading the Bible, you know, but but that is, I think, a really big part of it. When we come to God's word, we have these different things that we think we need to know about, but God has these bigger things. Who am I? Where are my people? What am I for? Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to hear some more content from Pastor Nate, please subscribe to the Jesus Famous Podcast. 
each week we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard, as well as some live readings that Pastor Nate is posting a couple times a week. For any more articles, books, or resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com. Catch you next week.